Are you ready for the ultimate bikepacking weekend adventure? Join us for an unforgettable self-supported bikepacking trip through Southwest Virginia. The Grayson Gravel Pie Bikepacking Adventure travels along the Virginia Creeper Trail, the beautiful gravel roads of Grayson County, Virginia, and the New River Trail. All lodging and camping arrangements are included, along with daily routes and guides riding along with you. This self-supported adventure offers resupply opportunities every 20 miles for your food and water needs. Find out more at GravelTravelDirt.com. You're listening to Mid-Atlantic Gravel Travel and Dirt. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian. I'm Joey. Well, you sleepy over there? <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, folks, this is episode 245 of Ben Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt. If you're new here, this is the podcast where we talk about gravel bikes, adventure bike, bike packing, bike camping. Tonight, Florida. we talk with Carlos Bernard down in Florida, and he's just down there playing bikes. If you do not know that name, um, he is better known in the bikepacking world as Single Track Samurai. And if you have done any bikepacking in Florida or have even thought about it long enough to Google it, his name probably is something that you have seen. So we got a great conversation coming up here in just a little bit with Carlos. Before we get to that, make sure you remember to go over to the show notes. We got some great discount codes over there. Make sure to check them out. Joey, what's going on in your world this week? Anything at the bike shop magical nope. happening? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing's no. happening. It's uh, it's the dead of winter. That, no, actually, uh, our dearest friend Larry mm. uh, was down. I finished up Larry's build. We've been doing some projects. You know, I just came back from Florida, mm-hmm. so I came back to a lot of work. Not a lot of work. Not like it would be in July, but uh, a lot of computer stuff has had me occupied. It was it was so cold. It was it's always it's always fun when Larry comes and visits us, and he usually centers around him getting a new bike. Yes, um, and. Uh, usually it will involve a ride. This time it was just it was just too bitter cold it was and too. It was the wind that it was did the it. wind. It wasn't the cold. It was the wind. It was like twenty five out with a real fill and uh, almost single digits, like eleven or twelve. It seems like all the cool kids are jumping on the Rodeo Labs flanimals right now. Yeah. So I don't know what that means for me. Larry is now on his titanium flanimal. Mm-hmm. Um, we built. It was my first GRX twelve speed group set out of the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a dropper post on it. We put a red shift on it. He had his Revolterra CLs, which were a nice touch to that. New Pathfinders. Um, the, the Brooks yeah. Uh, bar tape. Yeah, we did the bar tape to match his saddle. All the colors went well. I love the burnt orange. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was like a chef's kiss build, too. Like it I, was. There's, there's not a bad build out there like that. Yeah, A rodeo rod. Like, there's not going to be a bad auto build, either. Like When you're doing something like that, they're all... They're all right. They're there. all pretty. Right. They're that all different from each other. Gorgeous bike. And um, hold on to your seat, Rodeo Labs, because if there's anybody can break it, it's going to be Larry. <laughs> As Steven said, he's never had one come back as a Not warranty. Titanium, yeah. <laughs> so hold on to your to your hat. There, Rodeo Labs. We're going to see it in about six months. I think Larry had the intention of using it for certain things and uses the Diverge for other. And I think the more time he spends on it, it's yeah. going to be less on the Diverge and more on the Rodeo. Yeah. Like it's, I agree. Yeah. It's got Monster Cross coming up. At first, I think when he first showed up, he was talking about riding his Diverge or something for Monster Cross. I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, Mm-mm. And he might have said, I thought that's what we talked about. And I think at the end of the day, he was like, yeah, I'll. Well, he's going to get on that he bike. He saw the rodeo and was like, yeah, he's, he's gonna, got so much clearance. He's going to get on that bike and he's never going to want to get on that Diverge yeah. again. <laughs> exactly. Titanium or aluminum with a future shock uh, or a titanium with a red shift. Wow. Congratulations, uh, Larry. It's a beautiful bike. You deserve it, brother. Yeah. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, we've had a little bit of controversy, Joey, on the socials. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I posted the fact that our Whoopie Pie, Gravel Whoopie Pie sticker showed up. Yeah. And there's been some conversations about Whoopie Pie origins, whether it belongs to, whether the rights to the Whoopie Pie and its origins belong to our friends in Pennsylvania. Yes. Or it may have its roots nope. deep in the woods of Ver- of Maine. No. So, well, first I don't of know. All, I don't have answers. I just have answers questions. Pennsylvania. Okay. okay. We, our friends are Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is mid-Atlantic. 
Um, I don't know if those main people know how to talk right. Um, oh, we just Whoopi Pie. Main people will still our friends. Please still uh, be our friends. They're not our main listeners. Uh, I like our secondary <laughs> listeners. It is all Pennsylvania. All Pennsylvania all the it time. It is Pennsylvania Dutch Whoopi Pies. Got it. Um, 100%. I will fight someone. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me. I'm not fighting you. Yeah. I, I should have got. No, you don't that. have to fight me. Oh. No, I just I was just I was just trying to be funny. Um and speaking of Pennsylvania's, um, our friends up at Hush Money, it's this Sunday are having a very cool event at the West Art Center or something like that. It's in Lancaster. Uh they're having a night of bikepacking stories from a father daughter adventure on the Continental Divide, the Great Divide bikepacking route. Uh, Flint Ziegler and his 13-year-old daughter Scarlett spent 42 days in 2022 riding Big. from Canada to Mexico on the Great Divide. They are doing this Sunday, January 28th at 8 p.m. at West Art. It's at 800 Buchanan Avenue. Um, they are going to share tales and photos from their adventure. I wanted to give a special shout-out to Nittany Mountain Works. They are sponsoring the event, so the admission to the event is free and no tickets are required. Uh, check out any of the Hush Money places that you can find them on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, or websites. I'm sure you can find details about it there. Well, unfortunately, it's past my bedtime on a Sunday. Right, right. Uh, they did. They averaged 69 miles a day. Yeah. That's not easy on that route. No, no, not at all. I was looking at the number of days and said 42 days because yeah. Larry and I are talking about doing it in... 2025 70 and i was like yeah maybe 60 65 70 days and then i see 42 days here i'm like oh 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 like that, that that's awesome that, that is fantastic congratulations to flint and scarlet and i would love also to be able to make it to something like that but it joey is also past my bedtime uh let's do strava club joe you want to check that out oh man these are some Names, I'm going to have to get close to my oh, computer. Todd sorry. Wonderly from Fredericksburg, Virginia with 105.9. Wendy, is that cinnamon? Do you say it like uh, cinnamon? I, I would or say kinnamon. kinnamon. I would say kin. It's a K. Yeah, I know, but I don't, you know, C. I would say it's kinnamon. Cinnamon. Um, <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say. I'm just being goofy. From Lake Worth, Florida. Yeah, Florida. Uh, with 146.8. And Jeff Wheatley from Brookville, Maryland with 125.5. We're only at 103.4. Uh, for the week, and we're up to, I think we're holding at 942 for members. I think it was up a number. It was up a uh, click. Okay. Up a click. Now, just search Gravel Travel Dirt on Strava. I wasn't close this week. I'm still fighting that. Like, I get about a half hour in on my, I was whiffed the last couple of days, mm-hmm. so I can sit on a saddle again. <laughs> good, good. Um, I'm sitting on my 3D printed at Power Saddle. No, oh. Rom, Roman, Roman Pro 3D. Anyway, I'm sitting on the 3D. It's very nice. Yeah. It went up a size, but... Um, I'm like 30 minutes in, I'm getting like a little back of the kneecap pain still. Do you, do I started you, glucosamine pills yesterday. Smart, smart. So apparently we had a whole container in the house. So are you taking your beets too? Uh, I stopped believing in the beets. Oh, believe in the beet. Uh, believe in the beet gummy. I'm I took Edelberry you. for a while. Oh, that's my doctor's nothing. like, hey, you won't get sick. And then I got sick in the fall. Your doctor told you you wouldn't get sick? Even, even my, uh, my uh. doctor's like, hey, you should, uh, you should make some Edelberry concoction that you get like, Find all the am- the recipes and stuff on Amazon. So we got gummies. He wanted me to like brew tea and have it every day. It's too much work. Like, Aren't you a doctor? <laughs> but um, elderberry is a is a myth. But beets are the real thing. I don't know. Beets are the real thing. I'm telling you. I take melatonin. I take melatonin. I take 10 too. milligrams of melatonin. <laughs> is it wrong to take melatonin and like a sleeping pill and Nyquil yeah. and? <laughs> because you do you take all that? Sometimes I do, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's so why you sleep in. I sometimes I do, and that's why I nap in the afternoons. Holy cow! I like take, I take good strong naps. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty exhausted because I've been up since five thirty. I swifted. I worked, and you get you get one up. melatonin. And I sleep good through the night. I'll be in bed in half hour. You get up so early compared to what I do. I'm 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 probably lazy, but I'm I'm older. I deserve it. Yeah, I deserve it. I pat myself on the back. I deserve it. I deserve it. So we had this fantastic conversation with Carlos that you're getting ready to hear. Yep. Uh, what were some of the things that jumped out at you on that? I mean, uh, not that Python. <laughs> There's a Python story. Um, I think everything about Carlos is a character. Yeah. And it's really fun to meet Carlos in person. Yeah. And he's a big ball of energy. Yeah. Love it. Um, Love we it. didn't talk about his music and stuff and like all the, all the fun stuff he does, but 
um, the amount of routes that he's like the number he said he put together that's on Florida. It's it's fun to play around in a site and look at all the routes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they crisscross everywhere. Some of them are ridiculous. Um, his one, you know, his Sasquatch story was pretty good in that yeah. whole area of Florida uh, being its own different uh, ecosystem or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah. So what, he's what just a, a fun guy. What a cool guy. Um, and, and it was so much fun, like you said, to get to meet him and then to have this conversation with him afterwards. And, yeah. um, so folks stick around for this conversation with Carlos. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Nope. All right. Joining us now, let us welcome Carlos Bernard, who is better known as single track samurai. Carlos, welcome to mid Atlantic gravel, travel and dirt. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hang out more with you guys. We're excited too. You're, you are a big personality and I absolutely awesome. love that. I love your vibe, man. It's just yeah. right in, right in the wheelhouse of, of where bike bike culture should be. In my opinion, having fun on two wheels. It definitely was very, um, uh, amazing for me when I met everybody at the rodeo rally and they were like, they all understood, you know, yeah. they were right in the same frequency. Yeah. It was yeah. good. That was a great vibe. So as everybody knows, we talked about it last week, Joey and I went down, um, and did the rodeo rally Southern migration, which Carlos organized and put together. It was a part of, um, I guess you, you dealt with Steven and he organized that trip through you for a bunch of, uh, rodeo labs, riders and their friends. That probably a pretty good simple assessment of what that was all about. Pretty much, Mike Smith suggested he approached me while we were on a bike ride. Mm. On a, we were doing an overnight, and he's like, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in in helping us run a rally in Florida?" And then we did a call with Stephen, and then we kind of got the ball going and uh, bounced things back and forth until we found the sweet spot with everything in terms of. Um, you know, the name of the event and, mm. uh, Steven designed the logo, which is really cool. That donkey flying mm-hmm. is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it, a lot of collaboration and the best things just really do come from collaboration. Oh yeah. So, that was a solid combo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what impressed, I think both Joey and I, um, coming off of that. I mean, we're both rodeo labs fans Joey rides one. I don't, but that's okay. Um, they get the vibe. They know what there's what's going on. But you know, that whole weekend, the entirety of the Rodeo Labs crew is there. There wasn't a sales pitch. There wasn't a let me tell you about our products or let you get on a bike. It was just bike people having bike fun. And I, I swear I think that's was just the most amazing part of it. It was just great. For sure. And you put together a fantastic uh, itinerary and, yeah. and routes and Saw a lot of old Florida. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> those corridors is uh, our corridors that we frequently use in some other routes. Mm. So it was a matter of just putting right together the right combination to um, kind of, you know, I was very nervous leading into the event because I really wanted to put on an amazing um, display of, mm. of the cool stuff Florida has to offer. I think you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, even, even so... Everybody who's listened last week knows the troubles that I had with my Atso. And I think it was all the Shimano non-Rodeo Labs bikes that had problems <laughs> <laughs> two weekends ago. Down we were Florida. 50 for 50 with our car. <laughs> and uh, um, so, But even on the shortened day where I did that route that took us straight down to Lake Butler, then right out of Lake Butler, you guys went to the, I guess, would be in the east side after Lake Butler, we stayed sort of to the west and went through a couple of small towns. Um, I can't quite, the names of them don't, do you remember, Joey? Lake, it was Lake something. Um, I don't know, but it just, it was just super cool. The little Florida town is alive and well. Um, it was just a really good vibe. We had a great time, even yeah. on our, our, our secondary route that didn't really have any, well, not much. We had a little bit of gravel, put a little gravel in it. Yeah. Well, I think that was the hard part with the se- the second day mechanical was not getting to see the other part of the route. And then when Carlos was like, when I went to tell Carlos that we might be cutting it short, and he's like, oh, you should drive to camp tonight. Yeah. That's what I didn't want to miss out either. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just chugged away. We chugged I didn't want to miss it all. We did the second day. We did the second oh, yeah. full day. Yep. Um, we got all the adventure. And, and then even, even later, um, so I know talking to Matt, he was like, you're probably glad you didn't 
ride through the water because I probably would have been walking through the water. It sounds like uh, single speed wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what time did you guys leave that morning? Uh, we rolled out the first half a mile with you, like yeah. eight twenty okay. something. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah. if you remember, because we changed our route, we rolled across the highway, and you were—I think gone, you were like staring at us. You were—you were at the little grocery store, and we just <laughs> kept going straight in the wrong direction. And I think you were kind of scratching your head, going, "Well, <laughs> they're going the wrong way." <laughs> I, I, do, I do remember, and I just—I—I uh, I know I—I'm—I'm I'm excited you took the the way you took because it wouldn't yeah. have been—yeah, it wouldn't have been the best choice, especially with the way your bike was, but yeah. it was really great when you stuck it out. I was impressed with that. So uh-huh. kudos. Yeah. Cause I think by the time you left Saturday, we were like, Hey, we're going to head back to, to the car, drive back to camp and drive and meet you guys at camp. Yeah. And then I think we met you like, I don't know, 20 miles in. <laughs> You're like, Hey, you guys didn't go back or something <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I think the decision was made as we were rolling out of the camp. Exactly. And, and you know, Joey, we didn't want to miss out. Joey's a, an amazing, I don't know if you know this or not, Joey's an amazing, amazing mechanic. And and if there was anybody that could get that bike to the point where I could do what I needed to do, it's going to be Joey. And uh, nice. I, I think once he found that right gear combination, because I think first it was too light and I would have just been spinning, spinning, spinning and not going anywhere. He found the perfect combination was able to kind of force that derailleur into the right place and make it work. So it, it turned out beautifully. I, I wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing, Joey. Nope. Wouldn't wouldn't do a thing different. Um, Carlos, for some of our listeners who, um, you know, we're mid-Atlantic. You're down a little further in the southeast. I know you you do some stuff that's bigger than just Florida. Take take just a moment of time and, and sort of maybe introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, yeah, absolutely. My name is Carlos. I was uh, born on a little island in the Caribbean called Puerto Rico, and uh, my father... Uh, brought our family to Florida because he used to be stationed out of Cape Canaveral. Um, first coming into Florida, I just really discovered I had a gift for kind of finding things. And uh, as life goes on, I discovered a, a love for traveling under my own power via a skateboard. And then um, eventually I got into cycling because I just thought it was a more sustainable way to be an adult. You know, I could see myself <laughs> as an older person cycling. Yeah. I couldn't see myself as an older person uh, skateboarding. And um, I got into biking. I went through the whole circuit. You know, I raced cross-country mountain bikes. And then um, I got into uh, endurance stuff and the 12-hour scene and the 100-miler scene. And then... Um, I heard about uh, John Stamstad's uh, riding the Great Divide mountain bike route unsupported. And I read that entire article. And one of my friends told me that that sounded impossible. And, <laughs> you know, once he told me it sounded impossible, I was in. I wanted to, like, learn how to bike pack because that's what you had to do to finish this route. And, right. and that was 16 years ago, right when bike packing was, you know, kind of beginning. In the beginnings of it, there weren't even bags yet. It was... um. <laughs> Right when um, when Jeff from Carousel Designs started making bags, and then back when um, Revelit was still called Epic, and then they you know specialized made him change their name. I mean, this is how long ago this was. Back when they still um, used payphones to check in while they started doing the Great Divide mountain bike race, they would use payphones and make recordings. So you know, I was so fortunate to be able to jump in to the sport right at at when it was beginning mm. and in order to to prepare for this challenge that i wanted to complete of riding the, the great divide mountain bike route um i started creating routes in my local area you know mixed terrain routes you know mm-hmm. uh, we would drive everywhere here you know florida off-road was you drive somewhere you rode single track and then you got back in your car and went home okay and i i started like well you know i want to ride to the ride and mm. I started doing that and making connections. I remember the first time I, I rode across the Ocala National Forest, people would tell me I was going to get killed by uh, meth heads. Um, <laughs> so when I rode across that first time by myself, number one, it was freezing cold, kind of like this past weekend. And then number two, anytime I saw a car, I would hide in the bushes because I just was like terrified that I was going to be murdered out here. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, lo and behold, nothing happened. I made it. And, um, those little routes I created, I invited friends to ride with them with me and they encouraged me to make more routes and kind of make a long story short. Um, I, I started inviting people and at first it was totally grassroots. Uh, nobody paid anything it was very informal here. 
you want to join, let me know. I'll send you the route. And, and that's how I operated for years. And mm -hmm. at some point at the end of events, people started handing me like envelopes with money in them because they thought it was ridiculous that I was putting on these magnificent experiences for them to have, because that's what it really was about. It's the experience, right? right. The journey is the prize, right? Um, that they felt it was ludicrous that I wasn't accepting any kind of money and they started handing me cash. And that's when I kind of, you know, had a, a moment where I was like, okay, maybe I should charge something at least for the route information. That's always been my thing. Like what you're, what you're getting from me is the route info. And then that route will, will provide something more, more um, meaningful than you could probably imagine, right? You're going to go out there, you're going to have this great experience, you're going to have this great adventure, and that's going to be worth even more than the route was, right? That was the whole goal from the beginning. And to this day, that's how I operate in all my events. What you're, typically what you're purchasing is, is the route info. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, and then the experience is the real reward. And then shortly after that, I started... There were routes that I was creating and I wanted to go try them. And uh, one of the routes I created was the river to sea loop. I invited people to come ride that with me. And then over the years, I kind of started developing a style and a method to running a group tour. I, and, um, and then that blossomed into thing, uh, into something. I started making even more tours. I started putting on more group grand departs. You, you, you know, we started with the cross Florida individual time trial. Then we went to the Huracan 300, which is the most popular event. Then I thought, you know, I could probably go north to south, and I put together the Florida Divide, and then I was like, you know what, I think I could go to Alabama. So I added the Panhandle segment, and then I created various little routes, and around, after all these years, maybe, you know, you know just as well, much as I do is when gravel or riding dirt roads became more exciting, mm -hmm. I discovered that people really enjoy just riding the dirt roads. Typically, when I would make a route, a dirt road was a corridor we would take to get to that next bit of single track. Maybe it was a bike path. Maybe it was an old two track. Maybe it was an abandoned road. Maybe it was old brick road that's abandoned in the woods. You know, we would take these, these, we would use those connectors to get to single track trails that I would find little pieces of eight, 10 miles of little spaghetti bowls. People call them and you drop in and you're doing single track and then you're back out on dirt roads or, or, or bike path or pavement again. And what I discovered when the scene kind of started growing, the dirt riding scene and, and the, the point of view of the riders locally started to change. People started seeing that, hey, you know, you can ride 100 miles and you're not going to die. You know, that, that kind of mind frame changed. You don't need a feed zone everywhere you go. You don't need, uh, they, like they say, a juice box and a hug, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, once that evolution started happening, it, it became even easier for me because creating dirt roads routes was always easy. It was finding that secret trail that was hard. So then I really started putting out routes. And at this point, we probably have about 2,500 miles of routes. The entire state of Florida, you could wow. travel from Alabama to Key West or, or anywhere really, Cape Canaveral, um, Tampa, St. Pete, uh, Crystal River, um, St. Augustine, uh, Jacksonville. I, we've Over the years, I've developed the route to the extent that using a combination of of routes you can get anywhere in the state following a mostly off-road route wow and that's, that's, that's and that, amazing it, it's kind of wild Hell and that's kind of where i'm at right now i've been fortunate enough that this is what i do for a living now i put on uh, group tours and i organize group starts i don't consider myself a race director it's, to me it's not about going fast it's about going and getting there i consider myself an adventure coordinator I don't know oh. if, anybody, if that's a title that exists, but that's what I do. I facilitate adventure. I love it. And, if it's not, it should be. I love it. Right. <laughs> and, and that's pretty much the nutshell is as quickly as I could kind of give you the rundown on, on what I do and what I've been doing. And, and I've been fortunate enough now to be doing uh, this for 15 years. This wow. is this is what I do all the time. I, I used to pretty much work two full-time jobs. Essentially, is what I did for about 12, 12 or 13 years was work two full-time jobs. And then eventually I was like, you know, I need a better quality of life. Like, and mm. I just gave up the other job and, you know, plunged into a single track samurai as my sole, you know, nice. uh, provider of, of, of what I do. And, and what the reality is everything that I kind of generate aside from helping me survive goes right back into route creation, um, group tours with i like themes so i usually put on a group tour with a theme mm. um you know the, the the rodeo rally uh route um 
was a focus on like three different rivers. So you had the Itchituckney, you had the Santa Fe, um, you had the Suwannee, and it was that was really like the underground focus of the route and the way the reason we okay. went in those directions and went to those places. To you guys, you saw the signs, and you know you probably remember seeing those names oh, yeah. here and there out the corner yeah. of your route, but but you didn't immediately put it together. Yeah, uh, no, and yeah. and the the interconnectedness between the springs and the rivers uh, is is wild. That's why that water was tannic at camp mm -hmm. because the rivers are at flood stage right now. So it pushes it like backfills the springs with with sedentary. Like the springs aren't clear right now because of that flooded river. So everything's connected in Florida. It's it's wild. Florida is a wild place. I mean, I could talk for hours about Florida and about putting on tours, and I don't want to you know <laughs> no, go too crazy. That's good, Joey. Do you have a question? No, I, he, I was actually getting ready to ask you how many miles of routes do you have? On, I'm playing with all the routes on your website. You said, did you say 2,500 or 2,500? Yeah. Like if wow. you, if it, I, if when I look at my most recent list, I have like 65 different routes. Yeah. I, I love the way awesome. I, I will, as, as a fellow tour adventure coordinator, I love that. I'm going to, I might steal that. I might, I may steal a lot of things from you, Carlos thoughts and prayers for you, buddy. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing that jumps out at me when I look at the, the routes on, on your website, um, there's just so many of them and they overlap and they just, I could see where you could put endless combinations of those things together to get pretty much anything that anybody desired, you could probably build a route that would fit their needs. Am, am I correct in that? It feel, at least it feels like that. Um, I get, I'm fortunate enough that I have a lot of opportunities to interact with individuals. It's a blessing. Mm. And the question I get a lot is just that, like, what route should I do? I start by asking them, well, well what don't you want to do? Mm. Like, tell me what you don't like. I and mean, yeah, I'll suggest a route. And, um, and that that bikepacking uh, route page is only be up a couple years, and it really has room. I want to create collections and kind of make it easier for people to navigate that page. Mm -hmm. But typically, if people come to me for a route, because it happens quite a bit, especially now this year, every year it's been increasing. I think people are starting to get the idea that if they're tired of riding their trainers inside, they can just go to Florida for a week or two and have <laughs> yeah. a blast. It, it's kind of like the word is spreading, which has always been like one of my goals. That was another amazing thing about the rodeo rally was I knew that I would have a lot of, of the people that I want to come to Florida and ride, right. um, experiencing one of my trips. And, um, you, you know, I asked people, well, what don't you want to do? How far do you want to go? How long do you want to ride? Like, is there anything particular you want to see? Do you like caves? Do you like rivers? Do you want to, you know, do you want to see the, the Kennedy Space Center? Like all these questions. And then I can just suggest a route. There's a lot of prepackaged routes that include guides and, and mm. resource files that are pretty, you know, no-brainers. When people tell me what they want, I'm like, oh, you should do this. Right. Especially if they tell me where they start. But I can, I've also, because of the fact that there's a network, I've also done a lot of custom routes. Like, okay. Um, you want this? And, okay, yeah, let's do it. I can help you do that. Yeah, right. exactly. Because you can see it because you have that eye for maps. You can see that there's just tons of combos and all kinds of ways to yeah. do things on there. Yeah. I, I love the model too. And I think we, we may have talked a little bit about this. Um, so folks that understand, um, you know, if you're coming from a mindset of that you've done something maybe with somebody like Trek Travel or you've done a back roads or a wilderness of voyages or adventure cycling and it's that guided mindset, um, pretty much all of those tour companies are going to sort of, you know, spoon feed you literally, you know, they're going to provide your food. You're going to provide all these. I love the model that you have. It gives people a, a, a comfort of having a guide with them and, and the safety that goes along with that in a foreign space, but it, it really allows them to test their limits on the side of adventure where you're, you've got restock and resupply and you're carrying your own food and you're sort of doing this adventure yourself with a small safety net underneath of you. I just love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, my, my thing is, is it's a group tour. Like we're in this together mm -hmm. where sometimes when you have that mentality of there's, well, there's the guides. Cause I've been on those trips and, and there's the guides and here's your cook. Like I've even been on trips where we have a cook mm -hmm. and, and everybody's like, Oh, it's them. And, 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 and us, you know, it kind of feels separate where it, to me, it's a group experience. Like we're in this together. Like, I'm not afraid to recruit lieutenants. Like, I, you know, you, you know, I'll ask sometimes I didn't do it this trip, but I'll ask people, all right, who has the route loaded? And, and the people who raise their hand, you know, on their GPS, 
uh, I say, okay, congratulations. Y'all are my assistants for the day. <laughs> Make sure you follow one of them. And, and then, you know, usually my goal is at first, sometimes if I'm by myself leading the group, I'll set the tempo and then I'll drift back and let the group yeah. kind of go. Yeah. Um, and rely on that itinerary for them to know when, what they should get and when. If they look at it, I still get all the questions, which is fine by me because that's what I'm there for. Just just looking around that group that we had at at Rodeo Rally, there there was there was a lot of folks that had tremendous amount of experience. At least I felt like there were people that really had a tremendous volume yeah. of experience. It was it was deep. It was deep. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So, um, Joey, you have any any questions? No. What was like what said, was I was. Uh, was I've been playing on the route finder. I'm sorry. I was, I was looking over to you and it looked like you had something in your head. Oh. Um, Carlos, what would be, you, you talk about doing a lot of this exploration and finding these little hidden routes. What's like the coolest thing that you found when, and I, I'm assuming you do a lot of time out there by yourself, kind of banging away, looking at maps, figuring things out. Uh, what's literally the coolest thing you've, you've come across in Florida? Kind of oh hidden. My God, there's, there's no shortage of cool things. I have <laughs> a thousand stories, but, I'll share one very quickly for you. The first time I, I um, scouted the southern half of the um, Florida Divide route, which is the route that goes that spans the, the entire state top to bottom, um, I, I first scouted that southern um, portion in the summer because that's when I, I was a single father. So that was the only time my mom could you know kind of handle having my two sons was during the summer, which is a bad time to go riding in the woods <laughs> and trying to camp is the Imagine. summer. Yeah. And um, I, the first time I rode across Big Cypress, I was awestruck. Um, I had the, the pleasure of, of uh, having a thunderstorm to the east and a thunderstorm to the west. And since it's so flat, you can see for miles. So the, the, the storms are a safe distance from you. You're not in any danger. But yet, and, and I was kind of riding this ribbon uh, of a perfect, uh, very gravelish terrain right in front of me, uh, with the storms flashing off and on, and, and the giant bats flying overhead. <laughs> wow. And I had looked at the map, and I saw a place called the Sasquatch Research Center, and I was like, "Man, I gotta go there." They offered <laughs> camping, so I went there, and and the and the guy, he was he he just he had me give him a twenty dollar bill, and he's like, "Okay, go check out your camp, and if you don't like it." Um, you know, you can go. I'll give you your money back. It there were the mosquitoes down there were so small and so fast that anytime I didn't have anything covered, my my arm would be black with mosquitoes. It was oh. wild. I never seen anything like it. I eventually had to bail to the bathroom, and I had to sleep next to like some citronella uh, incense so I could get any kind of sleep. Oh. Then the next day is when the interesting part comes. I get to check out the museum, the the research center, and I meet the actual lead Sasquatch hunter. And he tells me this. Uh, he tells me, "Oh, you're headed into onto Loop Road, which goes right through the heart of of um, the northern portion of the Everglades and the the southern portion of Big Cypress. It kind of runs the 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 line between the two. Uh, it's a very um, Big Cypress and Everglades have a very like wild, for lack of a better term, like." Africa vibe, like the mm. animals down there. The gators aren't skittish. If you get too close, they will come. They, you know, they they will like defend their territory. Where up in Central Florida, the gators run away from you like roaches. Down there, no, you got gators, you got crocodiles, you have pythons, you have panthers, all living in the same habitat. Mm. Bears. Uh -huh. It's it's very wild. It's a very wild place. And he told me that as when I go down Loop Road to look for this spot where the river is flowing, the Everglades is actually a river and it's clear water, clear as, you know, as a bottled water, so super clear, crisp spring fed water. And he tells me, and you'll see the spot where you can go into the water and take a dip. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. There was 33 spots that matched this description. I did not <laughs> know where to stop and have this swim at, but eventually I pulled over and right, and I got my courage up. I was going to jump in the water. And right when I was about to jump in the water, about 30 feet away, there was a gator. It was a little one, though. It was only like a four-footer. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't backing down. So I, I jumped in anyway and got totally soaked and then jumped right out because I was afraid <laughs> the gator was going to come after me. But 
but meeting that guy and seeing the Sasquatch Research Center was just something I would never in my life thought I was going to get to see. You know, just at that point in my life, it's just not something that I believed I'd ever get to see or experience. Right. And, and that was just one of those experiences and places that I encountered through my scouting and, and, uh, and my riding. It's the people. Yeah. It's yeah. the people. It's the people. I think, I, th- I think that, you know, on a bike, you get to experience places differently than you could sort of in any other way. Um, you're, you're moving quickly enough to move you through a space, but you're not moving so quickly that you miss things. You know, you, you get yeah. to see things and be a part of things and experience culture from the inside. Indeed. So I think that's pretty doggone cool. Um, what are some of your more popular routes? So say somebody's listening to this podcast and they, you know, know what? I want to do this. I want to go to Florida. I got a couple of, I got some time off here coming up. Um, what, what would be the process that they would follow if, if they were looking to reach out to you to, to make something happen? I think the the smartest thing that they could do or the the easiest way to do it is to email me carlos at singletracksamurai.com and that's carlos with a k and and then we'll do like a little consult and then i'll give them a suggestion on what they should do based on what they tell me now if we were just going by routes that people have acquired and ridden Mm -hmm. um the huracan 300 is by far the one that people ride the most i mean we have our our group start coming up here in in uh, two weeks a little less than two weeks and uh it's you know it's it's such a big start th- that the only other place in north in north america that has its biggest start would be like the tour divide so that's how big the start is wow. tour divide generally has like 178 to 200 riders we're in about the same number range wow um so yeah it's a lot of people ride that route people most of the participants come from other places and that you know who knows maybe it's the timing or maybe it's the fact that it was one of the first routes that was uh, shared by Logan on bikepacking.com. Maybe okay. that has to do with it. Um, but something that maybe it's a combination of things. Uh, I think it has maybe to do with the river crossing. It's famous for its river crossing. Although it's a it's a it's an easy crossing, it the the mythology around it, how dangerous it feels, I think really gets people excited. Um, a couple of years ago, I added a light version. The Huracan Light is a more you know, for lack of a better term, skinny tire focused route, something you could do on a 45 C tire. Okay. Um, and, and whereas the original Huracan route, it's has over a hundred miles of single track. You really need a mountain bike. You can do single. We all know you can do single track on a gravel bike, but your hands are going to get pretty tired. Yeah. You know? You're going to beat yourself up a little bit at, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day. And both those routes, um, I think the light is what 300 miles and the full Huracan is 340. Did I get that right? Right. Yeah. Right now, the Huracan 300 is at 374, oh. and the and the light is at 324. But this year, we're having a special edition. The light is staying the same distance, but the riders will do 393 miles this year. Ooh. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Now, is that considered a race? Do they actually race that on the Grand Departs? People do race and uh, enforce me to score the event. Okay. Um, um, I always emphasize that that's not really the most important is. part, yeah. but at the same time, um, and I've always been like this to me, I want people to have fun. Mm-hmm. So if that's fun for you going as hard and as fast as you can riding all night long and not sleeping, then I'm going to be supportive. You know, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to congratulate you. You know, I'm not going to just cause I, I, don't think that should be the focus. I'm not going right. to, you know, it, exclude them. I'm still going to encourage them, still cheer them on, still report the times. I don't like to say who won. I like to say, I'm going to report the times in the order that they finished. That's what I like to say. I don't <laughs> like to be like, you won, you know, I more like to just say, I'm reporting them in the, and then I even say that I said, this is based on the data they provided and what the tracker shows. Like if anybody says anything, I'm like, it's right there in black and white. Like, we we um, we very we very much follow that rides over races mentality here. Yeah. You know, we're we're not trying to set the world on fire. We're just having a good time doing it. You know, right. that's that's the way we kind of approach it as well. Is there a um, fastest known time? Uh, the FKT. Yes. For the Huracan three hundred. Is there, absolutely there is one. Yes. Okay, I didn't know if anybody had tracked it. Had tracked it or if it yeah. Was, yeah. No, I I I'm, I've been I've inherited. This is one of those places where I'm, I am so happy that social media exists 
because when I finally realized like, oh my God, it's been 10 years, I should probably start writing stuff down. <laughs> um, all of it was archived because I had posted it all on, on, on my Facebook, um, single track samurai facebook page it was all archived right. so i was able to go back and like fish it out and put it together um currently the record for completing the 374 mile ride is one day four hours and five minutes wow wow that's yeah. fast holy cow the, the record for the light route the current record for the light route is held by austin sullivan that other record's held by peter Kraft. i think he got fifth or sixth at last year's tour divide so okay. first he was the first uh, american finisher um austin sullivan uh on the light route 23 hours 56 minutes holy wow. cow and, and, and last year the route was 334 miles so this year we we took out some pavement made it dirtier and a little shorter nice nice that's the way it should be a little dirtier. We like that. That'd be like a five day yeah. for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what? We'd have a good time yeah. doing it. Yeah, right on. Right on. Actually, I planned uh, years ago. My in laws have a place in the villages. They're snowbirds. And I told my wife, I was like, you know, I'm going to do the hurricane one year. And I was planning like five or six days. Yeah. <laughs> now that kind of that kind of like is a, is a loop. It starts and yeah. ends in the same place. Um, Shangri La, and, and it kind of is in that vicinity, right? The Ocala, yeah. kind of. Okay. It, it's 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 not far from the villages. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, I, Joey, you can do it. You still got this. Oh yeah, no. I just I was just saying I'm impressed by the what one day and four hours. Wow, that's yeah. that's wild. The, that, the slow record is like seven days. So if you oh. do it in five <gasps> days, you're still not going slow enough. We could do. We could go for a slow record. The slowest yeah, no slow time. <laughs> SKTs, <laughs> the SKT. That's what we're after over here. Hey, Carlos, if if folks, we we've given the email address. And I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes. Yeah. But throw out for us the website address, the Instagram, all the places that you love to get contacted, so that people can find um, you. And I'll put links to all of them in the show notes too. But absolutely, I encourage folks if they want to keep up to date with me and see the latest content that comes out, they should follow me uh, on Instagram at at Single Track Samurai. Um, I also have a Facebook page with the same name, uh, Single Track Samurai on Facebook. Um, my website is singletracksamurai.com. Um, that's about, uh, you know, those are all the details. You know, hit me up. I always respond. If I don't respond right away, it's because I am on a bike trip, which nice. I do a lot of. Nice. Nice. Did you say you run 17 or 19 trips a season? We Last season, we had 18 events Jeez, yeah but not all trips okay. uh, about seven of that is group starts okay and then um i started doing overnighters to kind of get people to come in and, and then i do put on some day rides uh next weekend is the naked indian ride which was the first route i ever made uh end of february is the deaf loop which was the second route i ever made um and those are just day rides and then i put on a lot of dirt road day rides so a lot of the cool stuff like some of the cool stuff you rode um mm -hmm. Yeah. last weekend uh in that general vicinity we have a couple of really amazing uh one day dirt rides that are doable like they're you know 100 kilometers or less generally we do have some 100 milers and some 150 milers but in that same mix we'll throw a shorter route because you know i like i want everybody to come out i like i like giving people options i'm yeah. good with that yeah you you gotta have those that you know it's it's not about distances it's about getting people out there yeah uh, more right. bu more butts on bikes more butts on bikes. And then, and, and then of course your e email address, Carlos at singletracksamurai.com. I think you mentioned that earlier is a great way for people to make that initial contact with you. Well, this, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, I, I hope we, we get, we stay in regular contact, Carlos, yeah. because I love what you're doing down love there. To come back down. Love to come back to Florida. My, like I told you, my daughter's in Orlando, so I spend a lot of time down there. So you never know. Might might show up again sometime for, for any time. You shout at me and we'll do something fun. Uh, Florida is an amazing place. We don't even have to do bike stuff. I could just take you, show you where the rapids are, show you where the caves are, show you the cool beaches, show you the secret spots. Uh, you want to see gators? I could take you to places where you can see a bunch of gators. It's it's funny uh, it, when my daughter first moved to Orlando. I I would bring my bikes down, and and I would ride like I would bring a road bike because it was the lightest bike to travel with. And, and then one day I, I brought my gravel bike and, and ventured out onto Lake Apopka and it was like, oh, 
I'm just bringing the wrong bike to Florida to see alligators because this place is freaking full of them just every, yes. everywhere you went. And it still, still shocks me to this day that you can just drive, ride your bike down that little path next to a piece of water and have a 12 foot alligator laying next to you. Um, I like, but, to, I like to hear what you said though, with the, the central Florida gators run it, run away from you like roaches. <laughs> they do. They scurry. Um, that whole, uh, Lake Apopka area is part of the Huracan, both routes, right. the light and the original. Yeah. And when we first mapped it, um, it, it wasn't even open to the public yet. They had a lot of the infrastructure out there mm. and they didn't, they didn't even have all the trailheads built. So that place has evolved. Like you wouldn't believe it's changed so much in the uh in the 14 years that we've been traveling it it's kind of wild to be around that long to see that change it's cool it's cool hey carlos you want to stick around for some for some this or that's with us yes i would love it absolutely okay here's the order of operation i'm going to throw two things out against each other carlos you're our guest so you get to pick first make your choice you can defend your answer or you can choose to not um i will answer second and then joey will come in at the end and muck it all up so the first item for you, Carlos, is Florida in the winter or Vermont in the summer? My God, Vermont in the summer. All day long. All day long. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can get cold in Florida in the winter, but Vermont in the summer. I am right there with you. And and I threw this in there because, Carlos, we both talked about this. We both spent some time in Vermont last summer. Um, on our bikes and we talked about how magical a place it is so i'm definitely also even though i love florida i'm gonna go with vermont in the summer joey well i've never done vermont if it's still there didn't it get washed out it did almost did over last summer uh, but i really love florida in the winter yeah even when it got into the 30s while you're we sleeping it was still very nice because yeah, it was like in those single digits here yeah so it was very nice even when we we're cold it wasn't nearly as cold as it was here yeah so that's fantastic okay second item a mountain bike on a gravel road or a gravel bike on single track? I'm still going first. Yep. I'm going to say mountain bike on a dirt road. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I'll say the same thing. I'll, I'll go. You hate mountain bikes. I hate mountain bikes because I hate mountain bikes because I, I've got, I've got very botched up hands, Carlos. I've had some issues with my hands and I used to love the mountain bike, but I just can't. I can't do it anymore. It's kind of one of the things that, that really brought me to gravel, quite honestly. Um, so, so I'd rather have the mountain bike on the gravel road than deal with the terrain of the single track on a lesser bike. Does that make sense? Makes sense, makes to, sense me. to me. I, I could defend it any way I want to, Joey. Could you? Yes, I can. What would you do, Joey? Um, that's tough because as a mountain biker at heart, it is fun taking the gravel bike on single track yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It is. Um, I've I, I, I see people overbike with a mountain bike on gravel, and I'm not. I'm never jealous of it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I see people having fun on single track with a gravel bike, mm -hmm. and I am jealous of it. I did that last summer. Um, you know Markham Woods, Carlos. I, I do. I, I took my gravel bike back into Markham Woods, and it was actually kind of fun. Uh, it was right off of a little bike trail, and I kind of dove in for a little bit. It was fun. So, okay, third item. Alligator in camp or a python in camp? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I, I say I say python in camp because we need to eradicate the python. So a python being in camp gives me a chance to. Kill if it. I'm in python country, I'm gonna have a machete. Uh -huh. I always go with a machete in python country, and if if there's a python in camp, I'm gonna have to kill it. Kill it. It'll be, it's a problem. You, you wouldn't want to kill an alligator. Right? Alligators are, are, you know, they belong there. Pythons don't. So Exactly. So, um, let's see. If we were in one of those places where the alligators ran away from you, I think I would prefer <laughs> the alligator at camp. Um, python, that, that seems really scary. I mean, I, I guess, I guess if you've got 10 or 12 people, we could all attack the python with our sticky knives and kind of do away with it. Joey, where would you be? I want to be with Carlos with his machete. <laughs> you want to be behind Carlos? Oh my God, no! I hate snakes. Like alligators, don't bother me. No, in, in a sense, in a sense of uh, python. Yeah, no, I, I'll take the alligator. Yeah, yeah. You never so, know. Like that, uh, alligator right. could be nice. Pythons get big. That's what I mean. I'm like uh, it's scary. Giants. I don't have anything to do with that. And yeah. if there's little ones, that means there's a bigger one somewhere around too. 
So I, I don't want to have anything to do. Yeah, no, no pythons. I, I would hang out with the alligator. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be Chubbs Peterson, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last item on this week's this or that. Uh, Bucky's or any of the above. Sheets, Rofo, or Wawa. It's like not even a choice. <laughs> it's really hard to compare those two because Bucky's is like a mega store and i don't think you know i think wawa wishes it was a mega store but it's nowhere near it's like the quarter of the size uh-huh so man i gotta go with uh, you guys call it bucky i call it Bucy's. we gotta go with bucky's <laughs> i call it bussies <laughs> i'm right there with you um i i it's an amazing store honestly it's quite an amazing store and i really do hope that they take care of their employees as much as it looks like they take care of their employees it looks like they're paid well they're always happy when you go in there. So I, I think they probably do have a corporate culture that, that supports those employees. So I certainly hope they do. So I'm going to go with, with Bucky's. Joey? Um, I'm yeah, Bucky's. Okay. Yeah, that's hard to beat. I mean, <laughs> this is the most controversial thing we've always talked about was this gas stations yeah, sheets versus Wawa. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's something about that place. Yeah, like it's, I, it's been so popular. Like you know, my wife Jess is like, let's go down and <laughs> just go visit the monkeys. There's pro- there's probably people out there that within a driving distance will go. Yeah, probably. I would go just for the beaver tail or the peach uh, muffins. I'm not a big beef jerky fan. I, I they've got a lot of it, but no, uh, but that, bris- that brisket, brisket sandwich Ooh. would be good on my uh, backup. You know, taste bike brisket. Back in. Taste the good. A nice sandwich in your bag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, especially on a cold day. Could you imagine a warm brisket sandwich in your jersey pocket? Oh, yeah. <gasps> that would be magical. Yeah. That would be magical. Indeed. Okay, folks. It's about time for us to shut this down for the week. Carlos, one more time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us and leading us. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, gentlemen. I look forward to... Uh, listening to your podcast right on and thank uh, you for talking to you guys again soon and um, i wanted you to know one thing brian yeah <clears throat> i got my flannel today i ordered a oh, flannel so yeah yep I now so. you're you, on this call you're the only one without a rodeo bike <laughs> oh i'm so left out i'm so you left have out send, you have to send some pictures I, yeah please we'll please, do we'll please. do i'm gonna get it built up and i'll and i'll send you i, I got a frame set because i like to you know fine tune design i don't I, believe in buying bikes complete nope well, we've all kind of, I think there reaches a point in a cyclist's life where they're beyond buying a complete bike Yeah. and you buy group sets and you buy components and then you buy a frame and then you buy wheels. And so congratulations yes, on that. Congrats. You're going to love New it. Bike day. You are going to. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely love it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel and Dirt. If you've enjoyed the podcast, maybe consider joining us on our Patreon family we really do appreciate all that support and your monthly donation of just a couple of bucks helps us keep things going. Joey, how can folks get in touch with us? Uh, people touch me at the rodeo rally. Um, I and did. I'll be at monster cross and the haunted Croatan coming up. As Carlos <laughs> has deemed it, the haunted Croatan. Um, otherwise we're on the gram at mid Atlantic GTD and our website, gravel, travel, mid Atlantic gravel, travel and dirt is recorded this week from right here in Blake's kitchen, all the way down to where are you in Florida, Carlos? D-Land, Florida. D-Land, Florida. Thanks for riding along. Until next time, do good, be nice, go slow, respect others. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.